For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. Now, Hope Instead is our sponsor, so I want to just give them a shout out. They provide trustworthy, kind-hearted Senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. And we are so grateful for them. And I am really excited about today's episode. I have been doing this about three years, and all along I have prayed for somebody to come on the show and talk with me about infertility. And when I met Lindsay Bell, I just fell in love with her, and I didn't even know that was her topic. So it's like God just went ahead of us. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I'm excited to be here. Well, I just know so much more about infertility and miscarriages than I really wanted to know. And and I, I need to tell you, Frank, because I think it really matters for this conversation, one reason I know so, like this is just a tender place in my heart, is because of the abortion work that we've done, post-abortion ministry, and that is a personal experience that I have that I talk very openly about. And so set, I'm going to start crying. Some of the things you talked about with your miscarriages about your babies, um, so that's where I want to start, because you had a quote for for those of you listening in, some of you may be fans of Lindsay's already because of her book, Unbeaten. And I, I love that book, Lindsay. But I, some of it I could just, one of the things we do with abortion recovery is we we tell women and that it's okay to name their babies and the ones that are in heaven. And so when I got to that part of your book, I can't even read it without crying, but I'm going to go ahead and do just read an excerpt. If you, Would that be okay with you? Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so she wrote this pretty early in her book. Well, first of all, it's dedicated to her children. And in that dedication, she says, if I can find it, to Eden, Jesse, Ella, and Jaden. Though I never met you on this earth, I can't wait until the day I get to meet you in heaven. Your lives, though way too short, have changed mine. I'm a better person because of the months I carried you. And then you wrote this, uh, when my husband and I said goodbye to the babies we had hoped to raise, we named each one of them, Eden, Jesse, Ella, and Jaden. We didn't have to, there was no death certificate since they died inside the womb. Still, naming them comforted my heart in some strange way. I knew they were real, and when I named them, I told the rest of the world, these are my kids, they matter. Their lives were short, but they still existed. It was almost... Just as if giving them a name gave them a place within our family. 
I didn't just have a miscarriage. I lost Eden. I didn't just lose a baby. I lost my baby. The difference may seem minuscule on paper, but in my heart, it was huge. The names made a difference. Okay, you can tell I can't even read this without crying. Lindsay, the whole book was that way for me. I just love what you wrote. I'm a big fan of your writing. And I've been told by some of our mutual friends, one of whom is an editor, that uh, that your remarkable book is really special because of the way you're able to tie your own grief to other people's pain. And, and I noticed that because she had pointed it out. I noticed it as I was reading it. So anyway, congratulations on that great book. And thank you for coming on the show to share your story. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so touched by your words of encouragement. And it's, it is really neat to see God use the difficult things that I have gone through to help other people. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ is that um, God it says in Romans eight twenty eight that God is going to use anything um, for the betterment of us, and so He He uses these really difficult things in our lives to minister to other people and to help us come out as better people on the other side of it. And I just love that about the body of Christ. I do too. I love that, and I love the way God's redeeming touch and His life giving Spirit impact everything in our lives when we turn it over to him, even our worst tragedies, in my case, ter- worst decision I ever made. And um, somehow he can still bring something beautiful out of that. And of course, there is that great confidence. You know, sometimes people say hope, but really confidence that we will see those babies again. So, and I, I just have to say, I almost have to apologize to you. That There were so many parts of your book that choked me up till I was teary-eyed just like that section I just read, but some of it's hilarious. I mean, I have a great example here, but I don't want to get ahead of our story. I really want you to begin. So you and your husband were high school sweethearts. You were in love from the time you met him, I guess. And you didn't, Yeah. I mean, you didn't plan a, You didn't plan a future where you would have such a hard time getting pregnant or, or carrying a baby to term. So talk to me a little bit about that for women who, Listeners, some of our listening friends may have found this today, and that's the comfort they're seeking, is they've just lost a child and they don't know what to do. They're just so heartbroken. So speak to that with your story, if you will. Sure. So, yeah, like like you said, we were high school sweethearts. We started dating when I was 16 and my husband was 15, which I, I love to point out to him that I drove us on our first date. He couldn't drive yet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I have this. I mean, you know. As girls, a lot of us growing up, we have these pictures in our head of what our life is going to look like. And for a while, mine went according to the little picture that I had in my head. Um, I got married young. Um, my husband and I, or, um, I've been boyfriend. We, we married at 19 and 20. Um, of course, you know, any marriage you have to work at. But by and large, we had a good marriage. And then we got pregnant within the first year of trying the first time. Um, we had my oldest son, Rylan. We had some complications with his pregnancy, but it ended up, um, I went into labor, started going into labor at 21 weeks. Um, but the doctor was able to stop that, and I ended up going full term. And so everything kind of went according to my plan. And then two years after he was born, I found out I was pregnant again, and I was thrilled, couldn't wait, told um, our family, told our friends we saw a heartbeat. 
everything looked perfect. Um, it was going exactly, like I said, as I planned. My picture-perfect family was coming coming about. But then about 12 weeks, I actually volunteered at a crisis pregnancy center. And um, so we just did an ultrasound there. It was kind of just they needed some training hours for their ultrasound tech. So I said, hey, I'm pregnant. Let's, <laughs> let's do one for me. So they wow. did an ultrasound, and that heartbeat was no longer there. So they rushed me over to um, the emergency room, and I went straight in to, straight in to see my doctor. And um, at that point, we had our first miscarriage, and that was October of 2010. And I think with that first miscarriage, I just thought, yeah, this is, this is crazy painful, but I know God's going to use this, and I'm going to be faithful through it. And I don't know that I fully let myself grieve like I should have that loss. Um, yeah. I thought I did, but looking back now, I think there was still a lot. Like, I was trying to put on the brave face, and um, that was in October, like I said. And then in January, January 1st, I woke up New Year's, New Year's Day, and I knew I had been. I was a couple weeks late, but I had been putting off taking a pregnancy test. Oh. So I decided I was going to do it on January 1st. And I thought, oh, this will be a great way to start out the year. God's going to redeem everything that happened in 2010. Like, 2011 is going to be new. I'm going to get what's referred to as a rainbow baby, which is a child after loss. I just mm. knew that that was going to happen. But then about three hours after I took that pregnancy test, I actually started miscarrying a second time. And then wow. six months later, again, my husband and I found out we were pregnant again. And everything went well. We saw a heartbeat. Everything looked like it should, a healthy heartbeat. The doctor said, I have no reason to think it's going to happen again. But it did, <laughs> yet again, um, the third time we miscarried. And, and at that point, we went and saw a specialist. And I had a ton of blood work and all sorts of tests run, and everything looked fine. The doctors could never really figure out why I kept miscarrying. So I said, you know, let's, let's just try one more time. We'll put you on a whole bunch of preventative medications just in case. And so they did that. And, again, everything looked great. We saw a heartbeat. I was going in every week to the specialist, um, made it to about between 10 and 12 weeks. And then, again, we lost that fourth baby. So through all of those, I just kept thinking, God's going to fix this, um, and God's going to make it right, and God's going to bring about, he's going to do a miracle in my life. I was convinced that he was going to do a miracle, but then every time you know, he didn't do that, I just sank deeper and deeper and deeper, and I felt like I couldn't pull myself out because everything okay. was just so hard. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you because we have to go to a break and I want to tell people tell us your I know it's Lindsay I have it written down here. Lindsay M Bell. L I N D S U I M B E L L com and you can find so many beautiful things from Lindsay. She's a fabulous writer so you will love going to her website and poking around there and seeing what you find. We have uh, when we come back. There's more to this story, and it is a beautiful ending, not the ending you expect, but just so dear to me that I could almost start crying again, Lindsay. So I don't, <laughs> don't want I, I know I don't want you to to leave. If you're listening in, I really want you to stay with us because you're going to love the end of the story. It's going to give you so much hope and encouragement for your own situation. And don't forget if you're 
you're driving especially, don't start texting or looking this stuff up. You can go to Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com, and sign up for my blog, and I'll send you all the hyperlinks for today's show. So you can find all all that all that Lindsay's sharing, I, I'll link everything, her book and the whole bit. So you can just search her name on my website, too, and find her there. This is Truth with a Texas Twang. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to share the exciting and fun end Don't of the story. Don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More Truth with a Texas Twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We're talking to Lindsay Bell, and she is the author of several books, but the one that I really wanted to focus on today is called Unbeaten. And you can find her stuff at lindsaymbell.com, or you can find it at my website, of course, kathycrafty.com. And if you sign up for my blog, I'll send you all the links. You can find her all her stuff there. So, uh, and that'll get you to her website really quickly and her book, Unbeaten. Lindsay, when we left, I made a big mistake as I signed off for that first segment. I said, We'll hear the end of your story, but really your story is just getting started. It's so beautiful. 
And so I want to I want to read one little quote, and I don't know which of your boys this is about, but I think it's so funny, and I want people to know your book isn't just things that make me cry. There's also it, it's it's so beautiful. I love what you did about pointing out that all the probably I don't know was it 50 different people in the Bible who suffered, and you pointed out how they overcame their suffering. And I love the, the format that you chose for that book. It's a devotional, really. But here's one another quote from your book that I think is so funny, and it's every mother can relate to this. An aunt, a grandmother, anybody can relate to this. A teacher. A couple of days ago, my two-year-old son threw one of the biggest fits I have ever seen, though I wish I could tell you it was because of something important. It wasn't. He was screaming and flailing his little body on the floor because I would not allow him to stand on his chair as he ate his breakfast. He just did not get to do something he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So now I want you to tell us a little bit more about your story and how it's still unfolding. Sure. So after our third miscarriage, I, looking back now, I think I was probably in a deep pit of depression. I didn't realize at the time, but I think I was. Um, and late one evening, my mom messaged me and said, hey, um, can we Skype? Which she doesn't live that far from me. So her wanting to Skype because I was already depressed, me, that made me think, oh no, like something terrible has happened. Someone's died. There's been an accident. Someone has cancer, like all these worst case scenarios. But, um, I said, sure, we'll Skype, and what I ended up finding out instead was that someone had contacted her, someone who knew about all of our miscarriages had contacted her because they had been contacted by a birth mom that actually is from my hometown, Um, and this birth mom knew about our miscarriages, and because of our miscarriages, when she decided she wanted to choose adoption, she wanted my mom to contact us and see if we would be willing to adopt her baby who was due in two months from that time that we got that phone call. So um, wow. that, that was what that was about. And God literally dropped a baby in our lap. We weren't looking for adoption. We were still pretty much reeling from the third miscarriage and very, very discouraged. And so we hesitantly moved forward and God just kept giving us these little, I, I call them his fingerprints, basically like showing us like, yes, move forward with this. I'm in this keep going forward. This is me. This is from me. You just have to trust me. And so we kept doing that. And two months later, I was in the delivery room with um, my son's beautiful birth mom, and I got to cut the umbilical cord. And then he got to come home with us. And God just completely opened the door for that to happen because of our miscarriages. He used that terrible, awful situation that we were going through, the recurrent miscarriages, to bring us a baby. Now he didn't do it. Like I was praying for him to fix whatever was causing our miscarriages. And he didn't do that. He never did that. Um, but he brought beautiful, beautiful gifts regardless, just in a different way than what I expected. So my picture that I had when I was a teenager of what my life was going to look like, it didn't look, end up looking exactly like I thought it would, but it still was a beautiful picture. It was just different. If that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, it makes so much sense. And, you know, that is a theme throughout is that suffering is a blessing as we trust God, which sounds so bizarre. But really, 
um, I see that so much in your life, Lindsay, because of your gift that God gave you to be such a, an excellent writer and to capture and and also to analyze the Bible and Scripture in kind of your own special way, if that makes sense, and then combining that with your ability to write. I just see how God uh, took the suffering that you had to experience and still used it to bless a lot of other people. So I'm really encouraged by all that you shared and, and all that you wrote in your in your book on this topic. Unbeaten is the name of the book if you're listening in. So that just makes me so happy. I, I love to see God at work and I love what you said about his fingerprints. And I, I think the things that are themes in your book, I know you well enough to know already that those are also themes in your life. So I, I love that about what I read. Having already gotten to know you a little bit, I was starting to see those themes and recognize your faith and really appreciate and respect what you had to say. And then when I got your book, I was like, okay, this explains where that depth comes from. So, okay, so tell us some stuff about being a mom. What did you not expect? <laughs> oh, oh, so much. What did I not expect? Honestly, how hard it is sometimes. I mean, I love my yeah. kids, but, and just how, you know, you, you don't know what to do. <laughs> like you, you're trying your best. And I think that's, that's the main thing I've learned. Like we're all trying our best. We're all failing daily, but we're just doing the best that we can. <laughs> I know it's so true. I, I think that's still true. And my kids are in their thirties and almost forties, some of them. Um, what I think is interesting. One of the things I noticed about your book and also about your life is how real you are about the things we all experience. I think that's what the our editor friend meant when she said that you were able to pinpoint so many universal truths and then translate your pain to, to enfold other people's experience. And one of the things that you talk about, well, besides envy, like, and, I, and I, I see this with my friends and with myself and my own heart, as women, we just fight that. We look at other people's lives and we think, why did their kids, why do they have kids? And then why did they turn out? Why are they healthy? Why did they turn out so great? Why are they so smart? And we just compare all the time. One of the things you wrote that I really loved had to do with um, trying to get yourself like to do the right thing and be good and then not getting the outcome you wanted. So let me talk a little bit about that in case someone's listening in and they're wondering about this. Months before my husband and I discussed having a baby, I began taking prenatal vitamins. I wanted to make sure my body was healthy as possible for a baby. I didn't smoke or drink or use drugs. I exercised regularly, but not so hard it would hurt a baby in utero. Why then didn't our pregnancies progress? Other women who might have done all the harmful things I didn't had no problem carrying a baby to term. And so what I love about that, you were so real and so honest. And, and I think everybody has felt that way about something. We think we do everything right. We deserve to be blessed. And then we noticed the blessings that we get don't come in the packages we expect. And we look at other people's lives and we wonder, well, they got the blessing that I would, that was supposed to land on my front porch. You know, yes, <laughs> that was the box I, yes. that's the box I wanted to unwrap and my neighbors unwrapping it instead but you did such a beautiful job. So tell me how you processed that as you were going through such a difficult experience. Honestly, I, it's still um, 
I mean, even now, and I'm, like I said, that first one was in, that first miscarriage was in 2010. But even now, when I see a pregnancy announcement, if I'm being completely honest, it still stings because I wanted God to fix it for me. I wanted to carry a baby in my, in my womb. Um, I wanted, I wanted that. And I prayed for that. And I, I begged God to give me that. And, and he chose not to. And so honestly, it's still a struggle and you just have to catch yourself. I think you just have to pray through it, be honest with God. Um, and one thing that I had to do, and I don't know if there's any listeners out there that, that relate to this, but in my situation, I felt like um, the only person that could fix whatever was causing our miscarriages was God. And God chose not to fix it for us, or at least not to fix it in the way that I wanted him to. And so for me, there was a lot of, I I had to forgive God for not doing what I asked him to do for not, and that, that may sound arrogant or entitled, but that's just the reality of it. I, I prayed for God to do something. He chose not to do it. And so I was really, really hurt and felt kind of abandoned and wondered why, why didn't God do this for me? And so a lot of it was having to forgive him and having to say, you know what, God, I don't like that you didn't fix this for me but I forgive you and I trust you nonetheless. Um, so that was a huge thing for me. But then also just catching that envy when it would, when it starts to bubble up inside of me, catch it. And sometimes recognizing the gifts that I have was huge too. Um, I, I write down, I have a gratitude journal and I try to write down at least three things every single day that I'm thankful for three very specific things. And that helps me, to see the gifts that God has given me. Because sometimes we can get so stuck in what God didn't give us that we miss what God does give us. And so that gratitude journal keeps me focusing on that. You know, we're going to do a second episode today, so I want people to watch for that, especially if you're struggling because you've lost a child or miscarried a, a little infant that you wanted to hold and you didn't get to hold. I, I think one of the things I loved about your book is the way other people responded, like your friend who knew that a whole group of you would be getting these texts about somebody else's pregnancy. And she thoughtfully, confidentially texted you behind the scenes to let you know that she was aware it would hurt you when you got it. And I, I thought that was so thoughtful of her. And, and I just took note. Sometimes we need to quietly recognize other people's pain, even if we can't fix it, at least they know they're not alone, that we recognize they hurt. So we've got about a minute left. I don't want to forget to send people to your website, lindsaymbell.com, and you can find her book, Unbeaten There. I wish we had more time, Lindsay, but please look for our other episode we're going to do. Lindsay's going to share tons of wisdom on that episode. You can find all this at Kathy Craffy. K-R-A, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is e in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Lindsay, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm going to look forward to talking to you some more and sharing your wisdom beyond to lots of people. So thank you very much for listening in. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today, where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh,